0: Welcome to the New Books Network. Welcome to our special series on Malcolm X and Black Nationalism on the New Books Network. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Megu. I also host my own podcasts, Independent Thought and Freedom, and also a story club, Global Politics and Global Cultures. In this series, we delve into the background of Malcolm X's action and thought, in the context of black nationalism, correcting the fundamentally mistaken notion that Malcolm X was a civil rights leader. He certainly did not see himself in that way and explicitly argued otherwise. This helps us place the Afro-American struggle in its dimensions beyond the current American nation state, including the Black Atlantic and beyond. Today, our guest is Jared Ball, co-editor of A Lie of Reinvention, Correcting Manning Marables, Malcolm X, published in 2012 by Black Classic Press. Welcome, Jared. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I I really look forward to our conversation. It's great to have you here. Uh, So where are you joining us from?
1: Well, I am officially in Columbia, Maryland, which is a small planned city, almost uh, right in the midway point between Washington, D.C. and Baltimore, Maryland, where I work and teach at Morgan State University.
0: Okay, good, good, good. Um, yeah, We like to start off the um, interviews normally by asking our authors to give us a little background uh, to yourself, and particularly in relation to the subject of your book.
1: So can you please do that? Sure. Well, uh, before anything academically or even journalistically, uh, I come to uh, all of these subject areas, primarily as a grassroots activist, uh, someone who had been supporting uh, and in some ways even technically raised within uh, the black and leftist traditions here in the United States, So uh, for a long time, for uh, the last couple of decades, particularly, I've been engaged in and trying to support uh, any number of primarily black grassroots uh, and radical uh, political formations uh, and media and journalistic out uh, 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 production that supports that kind of work. Uh, academically, I am, I come, uh, professionally by way of Africana studies. Uh, and I always like to make the particular point that, uh, Africana, that I went to the Africana Studies and Research Center at Cornell University, uh, which is of particular importance to this history because of its role in the development of a particularly, um, grassroots radical struggle based Black studies tradition. Uh, and in particular, I had the pleasure of uh, studying under the director at that time, Dr. James Turner, who is himself a legendary figure and in many ways uh, a disciple of and one who had worked with and supported Malcolm himself. So uh, from there, uh, completing uh, you know academic work in journalism and, and Uh, Media studies, uh, my work academically and journalistically, rather, has basically been uh, an attempt to combine those traditions uh, in service to ongoing uh, political struggle here in the States and throughout the diaspora.
0: All right. You know, I just uh, I'm curious when you talk about uh, being raised in a black and leftist traditions, uh, can you be specific?
1: Sure. I mean, well, I was born to and raised by my uh, European descended uh, mother, who comes out of uh, a radical communist and Jewish tradition. Uh, so uh, raised within atheist, communist, socialist, labor union, sort of uh, mythology and, and politics. Was that uh, in New York? No, no, no. Uh, in in, in D.C., Washington, D.C., initially. Okay. Right. And uh, my uh, African-descended, uh, or new African-descended, as we might say in some cases, mm-hmm. Black father, who was himself involved in uh, the Congress of Racial Equality, and then the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, uh, okay. and, he, uh, and then also was a co-founder of the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists. So, uh just sort of politically and i do like to you know to whatever extent it needs to be i talk about it autobiographically like to make the point that it it uh, uh, involves a lot of um, positive mythology and mm-hmm. political uh, ideology that uh, encourages these kinds of political trajectories so yeah, uh, yeah so that's really what i mean but so uh long before i even uh, engaged as an adult and in, in, in the kind of activist work i've looked to support it's been, uh, these are the ideas that have just always been a part of my upbringing. So,
0: right, right. Very interesting, very interesting. Yeah. Um, well, about this book, can you explain why and how you came to write this book particularly?
1: So, uh- Like many in academia, and I think just broadly speaking, black uh, political spaces or black public spheres, uh, there had been a long time discussion, uh, and particularly within academic circles, Um, first of of this, uh, uh, always of the missing chapters of Malcolm's autobiography, what happened to them, where they were, who had them who would be able to sort of uh, uh, excavate them, so to speak, and, and offer them up for analysis. And for years, we had been hearing about uh, Manning Marable uh, leading that effort. Um, and because he was known to many of us, if, at, at, if nothing else, uh, uh, an incredibly productive and prolific uh, uh, author and writer and scholar of black history, Uh, Someone widely accepted as being open, at least at minimum, to left-leaning and radical ideas. Uh, uh, Obviously, not everyone agrees within any of these spaces, but I I think for a long time, at least, it was sort of generally accepted and known and and welcomed that he would be the one to do this. He was, you know, know, well-situated at... um, Uh, Columbia University He had, uh, relatively speaking, a lot of time and a lot of money academically and a lot of space to do this kind of work, which is all that is required. Uh, And then when I had been doing some radio in D.C. uh, in the years just before the publication of his of this book, um, where I had interviewed him previously, I had, uh, uh, you know, uh, engaged his work, I was a fan of his work. Um, Anything in
0: particular, Du Bois
1: or or anything else that you're a fan of? First of all, my co-editor, Dr. Todd Stephen Burroughs, uh, had long introduced me to uh, even work I had not been familiar with, which was a lot of his more more newspaper uh, writing and journal article writing. Mm-hmm. Which covered a lot of these uh, black left individuals and ideas, but particularly for me, and, and at the time I was doing radio, was his work uh, "How Capitalism Underdeveloped Black America," which, of right. course, w- for for obvious reasons, was its connection to uh, the, the the true classic uh, from Walter Rodney, uh, "How Capitalism Underdeveloped Africa," uh, was of great mm-hmm. interest to us. So, so I. I But he's written, uh, I'm not even remembering everything, but that was at the time I remember the the book and primarily I had uh, read very carefully and was interviewing him
0: about. Yeah, definitely. He's just a figure in the whole sort of, you know, black intellectual. Yeah, yeah.
1: And a public intellectual. So we had also seen yeah. him on television and he would, he would discuss and panel with all, you know, members of, of black punditry and, and political figure. I mean, so he was a well-known figure. So again, yeah. regardless of where people fell on the political spectrum, I, generally speak. obviously I can't speak for everybody, but it just, there was a general feeling, I think, that we were comfortable that he would at least be the, he would be the one getting these missing chapters, so to speak. Right. Um, but just as we were doing radio at the time, just before the book was published, uh, A Life of Reinvention, we started to hear and then read, in particular, the f- first review for us from Carl Evans, who, those will know, had written The Judas Factor and several other books on the life and, and assassination of Malcolm X. And he had you know, long been a... a, a, a black investigative journalist and reporter uh, of, of, you know, good standing and, and good work. So when we read his review, that is uh, Dr. Burroughs and I, who was uh, a, a co-host, uh, at least from time to time on the radio with me, when, when we saw the, the review from Evans, it, which was scathing, mm-hmm. we became a little concerned, obviously, uh, that things weren't going in the way we, we had hoped. Uh, and of course, by the time we got the book and saw, uh, really what are just an unending list of errors, uh, we, we, um, not only wanted to do radio about it, but then we're happy to answer the call when, uh, Paul Coates at Black Classic Press reached out to see if we would right. be interesting in, in, in editing that book. So, um, that's the, I guess the shortest version I can give of how we came to yeah. it, but yeah.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I think some people might be wondering, and and I guess I'd I'd be interested as well. You know, there are lots of books we disagree with, right? I mean, uh, most books, if you want to put it that way, if you're a very opinionated person, and I mean, um, but this one, now you 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 know, it, it inspired a direct rejoinder. Now, now the the impetus, you know, you, you were invited to it in a, in you know, so it, it's not directly from yours, but, but there is, there, you know, there's this passion for directly um, answering this book and, and writing a book whose title is a direct answer to the book, which is unusual. Um, it, it's not the first time, but it still is, is not usual. So, so what inspired this direct opposition so fervently that, uh, that instead of writing, say, another book that would compete with it, you're writing a direct critique of it, you know. Um, what what was it that um, you think animated, uh, you know, the the publisher and uh, yourself and and the other contributors um, t- to do it? What what was it that that really pushed the buttons?
1: Well, I, I, first of all, it's the figure, the subject himself, Malcolm X, who. Uh, if not more than anyone, at least as much as any single human being in the African diaspora has been, been a symbol of black liberation, if not just for black people in the United States, for people all, all around the world. Uh, so that's certainly part of it. The other part was the, the nominal author, Manning Marable, who we just discussed was himself a tremendous figure within black studies. Uh, and then not the least of which which was that this was coming out uh, as, as a product of Viking Press, which meant automatically this was going to be uh, an enormous uh, um, uh, pro- product. It's going to have, have an enormous impact and it's going to be something that generates a, a lot of discussion and it's going to be part of the so-called uh, permanent record of the history of Malcolm X. Uh, and I think as I, I and others were right in, in thinking would, uh, have, all of which would have ramifications going well into the future and years later, it's still, uh, that book is still, uh, in, in some ways even increasing in its, in its relevance. So, uh, we wanted to, uh, in many ways or as many ways as we could try to respond. Now, part of it is, you know, we were, we were, Uh, Part of the realities in terms of how we responded is it has a lot to do with the realities of our our careers and where we were at the time and and, in some cases still are. That is, in part, uh, for those who don't know, most of us who teach at historically black colleges and universities where I and Dr. Burroughs were at the time, uh, he has since uh, moved on to independent ju- journalism. I'm still there. Uh, first of all, we're teaching four, four courses, which is eight courses a year, which is a lot, which limits mm-hmm. the amount of work we can produce academically. Uh, th- th- then there was the humility of uh, myself and, and my colleague in thinking this is not something that should be responded to individually. Uh, and that in part, this is one of the reasons why we think that so many of these flaws of scholarship, uh, actually exist, that, that academia encourages independent work often. It doesn't, uh, allow for the kind of collaborative work that is often, re- you know, required or should be required. Uh, personally speaking, you know, Dr. James Turner used to advocate this, uh, and still does actually that, that, that Africana scholars work more collaboratively. Uh, And then we wanted to bring to bear a lot of the different voices and different perspectives, um, uh, offering different reasons for their critique uh, of uh, the book that I often describe now as as being attributed to Marable. Uh, I've increasingly come to think that he had little to do or less to do with the final product. um, But, you know... Uh, uh, given his health and, and all of that, but, but, uh, mm-hmm. but essentially, uh, so that was one of you know, that was ultimately it. So, and then, then, uh, you know, the, the amount of, uh, time that it would, and, and, uh, resources that it would take to individually write a book of, uh, that would properly respond or properly, uh, you know, do Malcolm justice. It was just something that was beyond our grasp, particularly at that time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's that's why we wanted to do it. And and then, of course, uh, Paul Codes reached out and asked us to 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 Mm -hmm. compile a book that was, as he said at the time, uh, meant meant to be something akin to the classic um, edited by Dr. John Henrik Clark. Uh, Ten writers respond to William Styron's Nat Turner uh, again, a collaborative effort to, to sort of reclaim intellectually Nat Turner from, you know, this, you know, middle-class white male writer. Um, so, so that was sort of, uh, uh, I guess the, the, the collage of reasons behind why we did what we did and how we tried to do what we did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes a lot of of sense, uh, you know, and, um, uh, I, now I'm. I mean, I'll just say it straight out for listeners who probably uh, know if they've heard this series before. I mean, I'm, I'm sympathetic to your uh, point of view and and so forth in the book, and um, but you know, if I take a a kind of self critical analytic uh, look at my own reaction, um, it, it's sort of like. Um, you started out by talking about the figure of Malcolm X. And I think a lot of people don't really understand how personally transformative Malcolm X has been to to people who, who he's touched. I mean, my whole entire life has changed from, you know, f- f- from reading malcolm x and, and being inspired by him i mean that that's why i live in in the caribbean and i left when i was 20 years old when um uh, i was living in in canada at the time and um i i just could not live there anymore my whole consciousness changed and and this whole the, uh, malcolm x is almost like a holy figure and and it's like um sacrilege almost it, it, it has this element of religiosity which sounds cult like to outsiders I suppose but I, I but there, there is that element and and he meant and he he meant and he means so much to people in terms of 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 their own individual personal transformation and and um, and what it means ongoing in their lives in my life. That when um, you know something is is violated <laughs> in, in in such a way, it, it just provokes a, a deep response. Uh, that's certainly, you know, in in my view, I I don't know if you feel the same way.
1: Very similar, and I think many of us feel that way. And and I think you're right to to set that context. Uh, you, you know, for for your audience, that to the extent that they're unaware that 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 is that this is uh. uh a very accurate and I think, um, wide ranging, uh, description of how people feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you, you know, and, and, to, to part of the previous question that I didn't even, uh, I think address specifically that this is why I think we were so willing to be, uh, as some have described it aggressive in the titling of our book. Uh, yeah. and, and uh, taking a moment within the book to describe why we're saying this reinvention that was co- constructed by Viking press is, in fact, a lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm sure we can get into that in, 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 the, in our discussion here. But, but, the, but anyway, just, just the short of it is absolutely that that is... And in part, this was what was used and is still used to try to, to um, uh, negate our critique that yeah. uh, the defenders of Marable or Viking Press's work will say, well, you're just trying to defend this uh, unassailable, deified figure and you're acting cultish and yeah. uh, so on. Um, and uh, you know, so, so we've heard plenty of that as well, But which is why we were as careful as we could be in our book. Um, uh, uh, and I know I was certainly focused on that in my own contribution to the book to be very specific yeah. With what we were saying and what uh, I certainly am saying about the, the Viking Press product that I still have not seen anyone anywhere respond to uh, directly uh, to show where uh, my analysis or, or that of anyone else in our book is, is wrong. All I've ever actually seen are criticisms of our tone or our, again, the yeah. title. Uh, which uh, is is fine, but it, it doesn't speak to the substance of the argument and certainly doesn't suggest that we're we're wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's an important point that you you, you raise at various points in the book that it is possible to be passionately partisan, but still factual, you know um, that that the, the two are not mutually exclusive. And in fact, I mean, and this this is also a debate in in uh, the epistemol in the the history of, of science and epistemology mm-hmm. that um you know what is objectivity and and someone like uh, Fairbend who who I, I like a lot t- talks about how you know if you look at you know. Um, uh, real scientists, when, when they, when they push for innovation, it's not because they're objective and dispassionate. They're extremely passionate about something. And even when all the evidence is on one side, they know that this little one little thing is going to lead them to a whole new thing. So this whole idea of neutral, dispassionate, um, analysis is not always the way to truth and that, um, passionate partisanship. Is an is one valid way to truth, and and I think that's very
1: much animating this book. Would you agree? Absolutely. The point isn't to be objective in some fantasy uh, or, or or even nonsensical sense of having no world view. The mm-hmm. point of objectivity is, 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 as I would prefer it to be understood, is to say. Uh, to, to go through uh, various steps or methods to check your bias, uh, mm-hmm. to alert your audience of your bias, and to follow what you can prove with data and analysis. So mm-hmm. when it, it is it, it, this idea that, that those who, for instance, would defend Marable or Viking Press's work are, are themselves being objective is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and it is, is uh, part of the lie and the myth construction that goes into uh, uh, promulgating versions of the world that uh, serve people's politics and ideologies but are cloaked or masked as objective, dispassionate research or journalism and it's just it's just nonsense.
0: Yeah, you're right because what they'll do is they'll shoot the messenger and they won't even touch the message, right? And they'll say, "Oh, they're not
1: objective." It doesn't care it doesn't matter if they are objective or not. Is the fact Correct. But I say from the beginning. Not. Yeah, no, I agree, <laughs> yeah. and I, and I, but I just, but I just get it off the table from the beginning, from day exactly. one, from the start, and say, listen, I am not objective. I have a bias. Yes. I have a politics. Mm-hmm. I have a worldview. Here is how I'm reaching my conclusion, and I, you know, right. I'm encouraging you to look at that uh, to see whether or not uh, you know there's logic there or or, or accuracy. Uh, exactly. That's You're an the open best book. way, and, and it's and it's is that actually the most honest way to engage uh, a community or an audience? It's it's Precise. dishonest when people claim objectivity,
0: right? And so, so we're speaking about honesty, dishonesty, and you mentioned the lie thing. <clears throat> so, can you um, elaborate what you mean by a lie of reinvention? Uh, I know you do say in the book that you're you're not deliberately accusing Manning Marble of lying, but you have it in the title. So, so I'd like you to elaborate on that, and then and tie it in. She, you know you refer to him as the nominal author and you raise questions about his actual authorship so yeah
1: if you could um
0: address those issues i'd be i'd like that
1: sure the the well let me start with the last part first by saying that that for me is is uh post uh publication uh speculation i'm i just right. i don't i don't argue this in our book i don't necessarily even argue it outside of our book. It's just something that I think that I raise in, in an attempt to be honest, that yeah. if, if you look at the uh, trajectory, for instance, we talked about it a little bit already. If you look at the trajectory, and my colleague, Dr. Burroughs, has done this more than I have, but even with, with my own uh, uh, you know, look, um, mm-hmm. if you just look at Marable's career... Uh, And his his output over his career agree with it or not. I think you see a stark departure in this final book. Yeah, Uh, it is surprising trajectory. It's it is it's surprising, both in terms of its sloppiness academically, Mm -hmm. which I'll come to in a minute, but also ideological trajectory. It's just it's just very correct. It's a departure. The other part, obviously, was that he was ill for a long time and, uh, uh, and very ill uh, at the point of publication of the book. And having published nothing that uh, um, grand, I would admit, but having published some of my own, having just produced media and journalism or just having worked in general, uh, I think many of us could recognize that uh, a debilitating uh, terminal illness one that has someone hospitalized even for great amounts of time prior to death would, would have a negative impact on their ability to focus and and concentrate and, and produce their best work. So yeah. uh, uh, I, I just, and then when you look at, as we have on our, at, at, at my website, um, imixwhatilike.org, you know, people can see uh, for themselves a presentation by the publisher and editor, Wendy Wolf. Who I think, in many ways, admits to having a heavy hand in the in the final version of the book. She admits right. her own political biases in in saying how she didn't really understand Malcolm. Being a white woman from the middle class and the South, she mm-hmm. she grew up afraid of Malcolm and and afraid of the ideas of Malcolm and not knowing much about right. Malcolm. You know, so she's you know she, <laughs> which which actually is probably an appropriate
0: reaction for, for many
1: people. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, and, go and, on. I, and 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 I think an important admission when talking yeah. about the influence one might have on the final version of a book that's meant to supplant Malcolm's autobiography as the definitive, yeah. as they called it, uh, uh, masterpiece uh, yeah. about Malcolm X. So that that's that's. One part about the speculation about his authorship, the the lie part is is in reference to the construction of a reinvented Malcolm that the book attempts by erasing his nationalism, his pan-Africanism, his socialism, his anti-imperialism, his 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 his. Uh, 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 views on guerrilla warfare and armed self-defense, his views of anti-colonial struggle throughout the world, his views of of labor and capitalism. I mean, all of these ideas that made Malcolm the figure he is still today throughout the world, the heroic symbol of revolution throughout the world and the threat to the leaders of this world. All of those ideas are either suppressed, erased, attacked, assaulted, diminished, dis- dismissed as immature, uh, the all to the point by the book's epilogue where Malcolm is then reconstructed as someone who would have been perhaps in Barack Obama's cabinet or part of his, uh, <laughs> security, <laughs> it, you know, yeah. defense team. I mean, you know, it, it's, in, it's in charge of the drone program. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, it's, and it's a remarkable, I, I, I had to read it several times, uh, particularly the epilogue when I first got the book, cause I could not believe what I was seeing being done. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, anyway, so. Uh, that is essentially the lie that, that, that we were uh, accusing of that in the book's construction. That And then when you get to, um, as I mentioned briefly, the, the truly sloppy academic uh, work, uh, mm-hmm. the, the absence of citations, the poor interpretation, the truncation of quotes, the, 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 the complete rebranding of Malcolm. It becomes uh, something that you you itself is a lie in terms of a representation of this quote unquote reinvented uh, Malcolm uh, and someone who the book sort of claims falsely reinvented himself um, in some sort of uh, you know scandalous or or um, uh, I don't know scandalous yeah. or demeaning manipulative, or, or, manipulative yeah. yeah thank you that's the word I'm looking for manipulative yeah, yeah. And this is, mm-hmm. as, as opposed to someone who was assassinated at 39 and as someone who is now yeah. 10 years older than that myself, I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, the idea that we would suggest that any of us would stop growing, evolving and changing and then somehow to mm-hmm. to, to, to twist that into some sort of self-constructed reinvention uh, in some, again, scandalous or manipulative way is, is so disingenuous that it has to be described as a lie.
0: Yeah, and, and it's it's it goes beyond disingenuous for, for those of us that you know have really been affected by him. It it moves a kind of sacrilege because one of the things that anybody who admires Malcolm X and anybody who even just knows some details about him, there everybody is totally impressed by his integrity. His, his, his life is is just so full of integrity right? his pronouncements his his changes are are you know he he grapples with his changes uh, i mean it it and and to suggest otherwise that the, that this integrity which we all recognize as being as being essentially who Malcolm is is is, is some mask to to all sorts of uh, sordid um details and and it is, is really crosses the
1: line, I think, for, for many of us. No, uh, would and, you agree? Oh, Absolutely. And by the way, to, to draw a connection to a thread I, I left un, un, or disconnected and dangling earlier is that the book itself does not include these missing chapters. There is yeah. no – so all of the years – and I'm talking about years – uh, mm-hmm. At least for me, a decade of conferencing and traveling within the the the, the black academic community uh, where this was just discussed routinely uh, with excitement to to not get those chapters, to not see the chapters to to uh, and then to have a, a book uh, not add anything new while simultaneously dismissing previous existing scholarship, which led to other, uh, raised other questions that this book does not want to address, specifically the role of the state in his assassination, the the role of the counterintelligence program, which somehow is is uh, all but entirely, if, if I remember correctly, Mumia Abu-Jamal contributes an essay to our book criticizing the Marable product, in part because it doesn't even mention the counterintelligence program at all, and uh, which which leads Mumia, a political prisoner himself, a, a black a, 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 a black radical journalist accused of, of uh, kill, killing a police officer, and held to this mm-hmm. day uh, in 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 prison. Uh, despite mm-hmm. anyway, people should investigate the nonsensical yeah, nature, the, situation. The, the most um, famous political prisoner. Yeah. United States uh, for decades, and, yeah. and my and again, and by the way, my colleague Dr. Burroughs, is doing some uh, seminal work right now on on him, and will be coming out shortly. Anyway, but 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 the 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 what he what anyway, Mumia had to use the word tragic in reference to this marable book uh, because of its erasure of context and erasure of. Uh, uh, um, what would, going back to our other point, made Malcolm a threat both politically and scary to his, uh, I guess, you know, one day editor and publisher, which is one of the reasons why we argue, uh, I certainly do specifically, that the book was constructed in such a way to to a- appeal to a white middle class affluent audience, which is what has to be targeted if one wants to become a New York Times bestseller. Uh, yeah. and get all of the plaudits and accolades that the book uh, has received yeah a, a lot of interesting stuff there i mean you know e-
0: even um the autobiography now i i um now i am not of african origin right i um i am of indian descent but caribbeans you know my family has been here since the 19th century you know, and whatnot but um but, but still, Malcolm X just just deeply transformed me and, and, and whatnot. But um, for me, when I approached Malcolm X, when I discovered him, it, it was through his speeches, right? Through By Any Means Necessary, uh, Malcolm X Speaks, um, uh, the, all, all the collection, the Pathfinder books, and uh, those are the things available in the 80s and stuff, mainly. And um, yeah, and... And I mean, I just absorbed all of that. I, I I went, I came to the autobiography very late. Actually, it was probably the last thing I I read of his, and uh, and I mean, pe- you know, most people that's the only thing they read of his. And um, and I realized that when people were recommending it, they, they didn't seem to understand the full depth of his political ideas. And, and it was like the personal story, which is fine, you know, that, that they gravitated to, but they didn't understand the whole Bandung and, and Afro-Asian solidarity and the, the third world nationalism and, and all that stuff. So, I mean, so when I read the autobiography, it, you, know, great, you know, great story moving and, and whatnot, but it, it didn't touch me in the same way as a speeches, I I always loved, loved, loved his his speeches. I think he's the greatest orator in the English language period. Um, Quite apart from the content. I mean, the way he delivers it is, is a whole other thing, but um, uh, yeah. So, so even in, in that context, I, I found the autobiography to erase his political ideas or mute it or, or, or put it in the back burner. Um, so yeah, and and what um, this book is doing, uh, Manning Marble's uh, autobiography, by trying to even displace the autobiography, it's like twice removed. Uh, not only is it backgrounding some of the ideas, it's it's uh, dismissing them, uh, insulting them in a way, you know, when when they were so so central. Um, I I think that's very interesting, and and it ties in to to a very interesting observation you you make that that. That is uh, sparking, you know, ideas in my mind, like about the kind of uh, the agenda behind it being pro-state, and and this is kind of part of of what was so wrong with the Obama administration, right? I think one thing that was wrong was that the way so many white liberals and others felt they ticked off this box, uh, you know, that oh, okay, well, we elected a black man to the White House, so we're we're done with that, so we've 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 paid that debt. But you know, Obama was not even a descendant of slaves, of an American slave. To this day, a descendant of an American slave has not sat in the White House, so that box is not checked, right? And and I mean, and and that that's not only a, a, a trivial thing because I because I think his sensibility was not is more of a white liberal than um, than in the radical black tradition of the United States, and and, and that and that. So a lot of the, the suppressing of the ideas, what you're talking about, and, and not addressing COINTELPRO and the FBI, I think it's because Obama was in the White House. So it's like they didn't, it, they did not want to, this is why Obama got to, to bomb more people than George Bush and start, because when he was in the White House, people didn't criticize U.S. imperialism anymore because it was obama you know they, they 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 let their guard down and this book seems to me it's kind of like put in that tradition then like you know it's pro-state almost pro-government pro uh, uh you know uh pro-establishment uh, you want to
1: what's your view on that well that is essentially my exact argument that yeah. the the I keep calling the, the book a product for a specific reason, not only that right. it is, but that it's meant mm-hmm. to play a particular role as such. And that being produced by, as I tried to talk about in my contribution to our book, uh, being produced by Viking press, which is yeah. part of an international corporate, uh, consolidated publishing, uh, uh empire, um, that does have its own politics and ideology and, and, and those of its, uh, editors and owners and publishers, uh, have, they have politics and ideology. There is a worldview, uh, not only that they have, but that their audience has that again, in the video that we link to on, uh, uh, you know, and talk about a little bit. Uh, in writing it, with the editor, Wendy Wolf is, is she's explaining that she's coming to, to, to the project with this worldview of fear of not only Malcolm, but the ideas that he represents. Uh, and this is, so the question is, how do you shape that conversation for that audience? Well, one way you do that is to erase the, or diminish uh, to the point of erasure, the, mm-hmm. the conflict with the state, which then calls into question the nature of the state. What is the function of the state? What is it What is it here to do? And calls into question the nature of the relationship those elite, affluent, mostly white liberals have and play. Yeah, if, if, if I could just oh, well, interject here.
0: Please. Yeah, I, per, per, to, to just add to what you're saying. It's like, because now it's so amazing that the biggest cheerleaders for the CIA and FBI is, is the left. You know, what I, mean? I, I can't believe that. Right. Because because they hate Trump so much. They now love the CIA and FBI. It's it, it's Look, the same it,
1: kind of thing. Fifty years ago, it took exposés by uh, then considered, I guess, investigative or radical journalists like uh, 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 um is it Ed Bernstein? I can't remember his first name. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's but right, To expose
1: yeah. the CIA connection to the commercial media and journalism world in this country. Nowadays, mm-hmm. the mainstream liberal elite media invites the CIA and yeah. defense intelligence and military uh, uh, spokespeople to be there. Pundits and spokespeople. So it's remember when they were embedded in the war in Iraq. I mean, yeah. Well, even (laughs) and now today they're just regular analysts. You have the former NSA director on MSNBC almost on a regular basis. This is their this is their analyst team. So, so you don't need any sort of covert. Manipulation on that level, and of course, exactly. all of these media are themselves owned by the most consolidated uh, conglomerates, uh, uh, you know, corporate world, and and hedge funds and private equity groups. Uh, anyway, so the, these news media are themselves the spokespeople or the mouthpieces or uh, or outlets for that class, that race, that political agenda. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so the one point I just wanted to quickly make is that that. So anyway, there's a politics to not only media but academic publishing and journalism, et cetera. But what 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 was done, uh, and what I at least and others are arguing was done in this this Marable Viking Press product has, uh, uh, and we predicted even at the time has been carried out subsequently by, for instance, one of Manning Marable's proteges, Peniel Joseph, who is a very highly uh, touted uh, a, a Black studies scholar and self-proclaimed founder of Black Power Studies, uh, once he called himself the father of it, um, <laughs> and, and who has written his own books doing the exact same thing politically both to Malcolm by trying to connect him uh, as a political antecedent to Barack Obama, uh, suggesting Barack Obama was the logical outgrowth of Malcolm X. And then he's done the same thing even more recently with uh, Kwame Ture or Stokely Carmichael by making, doing the exact same thing, and I've written about this uh, a little bit uh, as well, uh, doing the exact same thing, and as literally a marable protege, uh, redefining and rebranding Stokely Carmichael or Kwame Ture as someone who would have more or less, um, uh, uh, should have been more or less just a liberal Democrat, but who made himself marginal and irrelevant by moving left of those politics. And uh, uh, And to your point where you started, the only person I usually can think of who would rival Malcolm X in terms of his English-speaking oratory is Kwame Ture. And he's, only, he's one of a few, I would argue, is rivaled throughout the African world and black America as someone as a singular symbolic um, uh, 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 political image uh, and conduit of black radical uh, ideas. And yet, and so so these two figures have been subsequently and in succession assaulted in the same very corporate uh, neoliberal academic way by Marable and Viking Press and then subsequently in, in, uh, uh, by Marable's protege uh, and well, again, funded and placed and prominent academic Peniel Joseph. So uh, and and for those interested, you know, just to be fair, I have, you know, directly said and written all of this to Professor Joseph. He's been on uh, my own re- previous radio programs to debate. So a- anyway, but, but I will be interviewing yeah. him on the series as well. I yes. hope you do. And I and, <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I and I has a new book you- out. He does, and I invite people to uh, read it and his previous work carefully and to see uh, <laughs> uh, whether or not they agree with what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I, and I mean, you know, when, when, when you talk about that, I mean, I, I just find it so galling, um, you know, to, to imagine that, you know, Malcolm X would be, you know, that Obama is, is the outcome. And it's so superficial um, because, you know, the thing is that Obama kind of looks like Malcolm, right. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, one of the things about Malcolm X, I can't remember who said it, if it was Greg Tate or, or somebody else, but I, I I thought it was such a great little line. They said, you know, Malcolm X never took a bad picture in his life. Right? I mean, and, uh, you know, so there's the image, right? And and Obama kind of put that down. He's got the thin, he, you know, the, the his, his body type, his uh, you know, the suits wears really nice. And I mean, you know, he, he's really got that, that look, but I mean, the policy, I don't think the People of Syria, Iraq, or Afghanistan—the uh, his fellow Muslims uh, would would uh, agree. that's yes, not uh, leave
1: uh, Libya <laughs> off there either. I mean, yeah, Libya, Libya. Oh my God, that's you know? right. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, but yeah. So uh, another thing I, I want to say is it because it's it's really great in in a way. Um, uh, the discussion I had with uh, Michael Shore was was excellent about the political philosophy of Malcolm X and and um, and. Elucidating the principles um, which which motivated him consistently throughout his life, so that these apparent wild changes are not wild changes when you understand it correctly. But um, so w- one of the the things that that was constant in in Malcolm's thought uh, was his amazing critique of the media, which is still totally totally relevant today. And and he he had it wasn't just that he he you know. He, he didn't like the media. He, he had a very sophisticated view of the way the media creates lead black leaders, for example, right? He said, you know, if, if the media goes and, and they put a microphone in front of someone, all of a sudden they're a black leader. They may have no following. They may have no organization. And, uh, and then on the other hand, real black leaders like those of the Nation of Islam, whether it be Elijah Muhammad, Malcolm X, or up to today Louis Farrakhan, Will be marginalized by the media and uh, treated as cranks and outside uh, outsiders, or or, uh, even though they have the support of thousands and thousands of black people, uh, quite outside of whether the media um, nominates them or not. And then how 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 the media chooses people, like uh, you know. uh, Okay, I won't name names, but they choose people to be their their spokespeople and uh, who who have no connection to um, to the black community, but they become the talking heads on on the TV stations and whatnot, and that and that there is a political agenda behind all of this. So Viking Press illustrates this, doesn't it? I, I want you to comment.
1: Well first of all we we I am first of all I'm glad you 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 raised this point because uh, to understand what has happened to Malcolm posthumously uh, or even in his lifetime and to understand uh, uh how he's discussed or carried today doesn't require some attention to the history uh, of the media system in the United States uh something that Malcolm was very well uh Aware and attuned to, uh, which is why, as I quote all the time, he, he he was he was perfectly right in saying that the United States, in the time of his own life, had perfected, as he said, the science of image making.
0: Yeah, before Chomsky, uh, yeah. Malcolm X had it all worked out. He oh, just yeah. didn't write it out like a book. No, uh, uh,
1: you know, and and of course, I mean, Chomsky wasn't uh, the leader of uh, <laughs> of an anti colonial movement and targeted by the state for assassination. Uh, so so it, it, does, it does help your career. Uh, um, uh, and and anyway, so so Malcolm was very well aware of of the power of media. He was also very well aware. Uh, And intentional in his use of media. Uh, You talk about his his uh, his images. You know, he also went everywhere with a camera and documented uh, as best he could his own from his own perspective, uh, not only photographically, but in his diary uh, which, which is in the last few years been published, uh, that, mm-hmm. that I would encourage people to see as well. So, so he was very well aware of that, but, and, and even within our own, uh, book, we, we allow, our, 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 if I remember correctly, brother, uh, Kamal Franklin, who at one point, uh, as an attorney worked with one of the accused assassins of Malcolm and his contribution to our book talks about, uh, the the uh, as he is I believe as he lays out some of the potential errors or mistakes that Malcolm made in his uh, very intentional uh, aggressive engagement with media uh, that may have exacerbated uh, existing problems. Uh, so so we even do make some room for a, a critique of our, of our beloved hero, but mm-hmm. Malcolm very well aware of that, and and um, it is very interesting to note to your point that if we look at the history of American or U.S. media, that is, the uh, it, it, there is a, a context that needs to be somewhat understood where in the, the media that helped promote and propel Malcolm to prominence uh, saw that as an error that w- itself uh, was corrected. I would just to arbitrarily put a date on it by at the latest 1980, at which point, Uh, You almost never see people uh, of these anywhere involved in these politics allowed in commercial media. Whereas up to that point, particularly with the 1959, the hate that hate produced uh, by CBS Mm -hmm. and Mike Wallace, where the attempt was to promote Malcolm in a way to uh, 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 encourage him as the antithetical um, uh, preferred mainstream civil rights movement that they wanted black people to be encouraged to. Uh, and it, it mistakenly gave Malcolm airtime. And, uh, all that that did was, uh, encourage black America to say, well, uh, at minimum, he has a point, And for many of us, he's exactly correct. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. K- could you sure. just clarify that?
0: I, I don't know if you meant to say it or if it was a mistake. Did Are you saying that the hate that he produced, the CBS Mike Wallace special, was was meant to steer people towards Malcolm or no. towards Martin Luther King? No, I'm
1: saying they were meant to steer them away, away from Malcolm. Right, and, right. And, and right. Okay, so good. To say that it was. It, yeah. It, it was. My point was to say that they were promoting Malcolm as the antithesis to the version. Right. Okay, that they wanted. Black people yeah. to go to, and it. Yeah, they're saying, "Look at this monster." That's right. But everyone said, "Wow, he's amazing," <laughs> and they said, "Wait a minute, everything he said is right." Uh, or you know, That's at least we, at least we want to hear more, or at least yeah. I think he's, yeah. he's, he's he's touching a nerve that that resonates with us. Uh, and and it increased the popularity of Malcolm. It increased the and even throughout uh, the 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 seventies, where you would have you know even conservative uh, uh, mainstream white hosts invite people like Huey Newton onto national television to discuss. Yeah, like it.
0: Dick Cavett or something Dick, like not that.
1: D- not just Dick Kevin. I'm forgetting uh, um, the name. The, the the name I'm really wanting. Uh, um, uh, the, the, the conservative I'm, whose name is escaping me is uh, Buckley, Buckley, William F. Buckley. There, thank you I'm yeah. so, good, I'm so I was good it would have destroyed my day to not have remembered that <laughs> uh, but, but people like th- th- that that is something we would never see today for instance that's right that, that, and that by certainly by I think by the 80s mid 80s we would not have seen any more uh, in commercial media, because it was understood to be a mistake, because it was understood that too many black and white and others would would see this message as some something that had logic to it, because of course it does. So, yeah. so that that had to be uh, erased to to the point where today, uh, if we're not only getting full blown uh, intelligence Pentagon, you know, uh, uh, analysis, we get certainly. A, a very conservative, uh, or at best, what would be called, I guess, today in the United States, liberal black political analysis. Yeah. That's very
0: interesting yeah. because I notice you are born in seventy one. I'm I'm born in sixty eight, so we're roughly the same age. Mm-hmm. And when I discovered Malcolm X, this was before Spike Lee. This is in the eighties, so it was a, it was hard. I mean, if you didn't see images of Malcolm X, and whenever you saw, it, like, it was the, the most famous one was a by any means necessary one with him with the gun by the window. And I mean, and that was like a shocking image. You had to go like, you know, get, to get the tapes here. And, uh, you know, it's, it's you know almost like, you know, you're dealing in contraband and, and whatnot. It was, it was very different. And you're right. I, I didn't, I, and now that youtube is here i can check and see in the 70s and 60s and 50s you know i mean they you know, malcolm x was was there in the media in a way that that there was a real
1: censorship that was happening later that's a that's a very important even point even that famous debate that's famous now with 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 malcolm and james baldwin i mean you i can't yeah. imagine anything akin to that occurring on cnn today for instance or, Absolutely. or you know whatever i mean the, the It just doesn't happen. So it is meant to create this idea that if, as I argue about Marable's and actually Peniel Joseph's work on on Kwame Ture, it's meant to argue that by the time you actually confront their ideas, it's meant to be seen as immature or irresponsible or something passe. Uh, When in reality, everything that they were arguing would be more relevant today than ever, given that the conditions of black people in this country and in many parts of the world are, are actually materially worse than they were at the time of Malcolm X and Kwame Ture. So, I mean, the, the idea that we shouldn't be considering any number of these ideas is, to me, absurd. But, but to argue that they were somehow uh, irrelevant in their time or that their ideas became, in, in the argument of Joseph as it relates to Kwame Ture, irrelevant uh, uh, in in the in the latter part of their lives is is demonstrably false. And one of the points that I would argue in both cases, and have argued in both cases, to, is something you've raised: that if you simply go and go to YouTube or anywhere else and listen to Malcolm or listen to Kwame Ture, you there it is. Un, you don't have to agree with their analysis, but it is unmistakable where they are encouraging us to go. So yeah. th- it doesn't require. I, of course, I want everybody to read. You know, uh, our work and, and, and all of that. But it, it clearly doesn't require that you read a book co-edited by me to realize that Malcolm was not encouraging us to become liberal Democrats. It, That's it, right. It, it doesn't require me to write an essay, uh, uh, you know, about yeah. Joseph's work to, to hear Ture yeah. say that we don't we're not advocating liberal democracy. So so it, that mm-hmm. is uh, mm-hmm. those ideas must uh, uh, in perpetuity be yeah. assaulted.
0: You know, that's right. That's right. Because that is very, because they're trying to fold Malcolm X and Kwame into the left. Right. And, and into liberal, you know, the the sort of liberal democratic message. And, and yes, there are some points where there's a lot of overlap, but there are some points where there definitely is not, you know, and, uh, and, and that's, and that's what they're kind of trying to erase and, uh, you know, making Malcolm X into civil rights. Um, leader,
1: even to now, your point about, I just very quickly mm-hmm, start. Even sure. to the point you made earlier about uh, Malcolm's autobiography, which is you know obviously an imperfect document, uh, yeah. the the you, you know Daruba bin Wahad, the former Panther and, and political prisoner, made a great point many years ago. He said that, but when you read Malcolm's autobiography, you you the the the, the concluding effect is to make you want to become more radical. Uh, yeah, exactly. It, so it, it may, ha- it w- e- but when you finish reading uh, a live reinvention, there's nothing that is inspiring further radicalism. Uh, it's it's in, it's 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 almost as if it was arguing to your point that that Obama's presence was the culmination. Uh, in fact, I argue it does say that that it, it's that that, mm-hmm. that Obama's presence was the culmination of Malcolm's work, and therefore we can now move on. Uh, you know, exactly. Malcolm can rest in true peace now, and I just think- exactly. It's, exactly.
0: Uh, it's yeah. like saying, well, now, meh, all right, well, that's, that's the past when you know, you're absolutely right. It, it, is, it is as alive, you know, the question of black nationalism um, and uh, are, are as relevant and not civil rights and integration, but, but black nationalism and separatism is still something to be debated, but it's suppressed. It, it, it's not allowed to be part of the discourse anymore. No, and and I, I think that is um, that that's uh, a terrible thing, and, and I, it is deliberate. I, I do believe it is deliberate. Now we we've been talking a lot about um, you know the different points of views, which which in many ways is is legitimate, right? I mean, so so we are passionate about a certain point of view. We also think it is absolutely correct. <laughs> in uh you know in in representing malcolm's thought and 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 we can probably show it but somebody else may have a different view and that's fine and that's a legitimate debate but there's something else you also uh, talk about it, it's not that you simply disagree with that you profoundly disagree with with his with maribel's view as expressed in the book uh and that, um, and that you can demonstrably state why he is in error, which is important in and of itself. But, you, uh, but I think that there's an important point that you raise about um, the sloppy scholarship, the things that he misses, which allows him, therefore, to make these absolutely wrong conclusions. C- can you elaborate on that for us?
1: Well, the, the example that I one of the examples that I use in my own contribution that I think is glaring and uh, most relevant given the election cycle that we just came out of is that Marable's book literally truncates uh, statements from Malcolm's uh, final work uh, as a member of the Organization of Afro-American Unity on the subject of voting. Uh, the with the uh, with the obvious goal of trying to reconstruct Malcolm's argument to be something that would have us as is often argued here that we do vote blue no matter who that yeah. is support the Democratic Party nominee regardless of their policy or or, or promised uh, agenda. And uh, uh, what I show and I, you know, document the page, pull out the full quotation. And essentially what is done is uh, Malcolm's comments arguing that black people form independent blocks and candidates and campaigns. That part is erased, uh, leaving it just saying something more along the lines of we just need to be engaged as voters. Um, yeah. With the Democrats. <laughs> with, well, he doesn't say with the Democrats per yeah. se, but, but whenever you're talking to black audiences... No, 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 sorry, sorry.
0: I, I mean, that, that's what the, the, the sure. dominant line is. Like. That's not what Malcolm is saying, yeah. No, 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 but, but I'm,
1: e- the- I'm even saying that wasn't what Marable was, was saying Malcolm was uh, okay. saying. But, but I'm right. just saying, but when you leave out the the independence of campaigns of blocks of 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 politicians and 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 platforms when you leave that out specifically you are misrepresenting what malcolm was arguing be black people's engagement with electoral politics and that and i'm just saying that in line with several other uh uh, is, uh you know approaches is meant to to bring us by the book's end to where i talked earlier about this this goal of lining uh malcolm up in the trajectory of, of Malcolm, uh, and, or vice versa. So there's that, there is, again, what we talked about in terms of a a complete, um, erasure of, uh, reference to the counterintelligence program. There's a, there's a a very slick way that Marable, and we, we detail this, I and, and several other contributors in the, in our book detail this, but, uh, with actual references and page numbers, et cetera. Uh, but we show that, that what is, what is done throughout the book is to, uh diminish or uh, uh reframe Malcolm's radical politics as again immature or something that he would would eventually have grown out of or was moving toward yeah. growing out of. Um, but then there's a lot of other simple things by you know the speculations about Malcolm's sexuality that, that are not that uh-huh. are both uh not substantively they're not they're, they're first of all there's no um uh evidence for the, the claims even if that is an issue one way or another, I'm just pointing out that there that that there are no. Uh, for instance, they say that when Malcolm claims that a friend of his poured talcum powder on a white man as part of a paid sex work act, uh, that Malcolm was in fact referencing his own act, and that this was an actual reference to Malcolm's latent homosexuality. So, the, it, it, so you you go from taking something from literally taking something, uh, uh, that Malcolm says someone else did without evidence saying Malcolm did it. And then saying that without evidence, without evidence for that act, that that act is is in and of itself evidence of Malcolm's homosexuality. And then by, I think, um, page somewhere in the 600s, I believe they just list Malcolm uh, so you do that earlier in the book. And then by the book's end, they just list Malcolm as a Pan-Africanist, social, you know, something, a, a, a nationalist and a homosexual and an activist. And, and they just list it as if this was was reality. Now, this is not me making a comment on, on you know, whether or not he was gay or whether or not this was uh, a good or bad. My point is only that uh, uh, for me, it's amazing. It, It isn't. But 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 my point is only that it is a claim made and used uh, to sell books and promote the book that has no factual basis in it whatsoever. Uh, On another instance, he speculates that Malcolm had an affair with a young woman. Uh, working with him in the OAAU, and and uh, if I remember correctly, actually literally says, may have gone to see her at a hotel. In other words, there's no evidence for the claim. There's no, uh, um, the, uh, 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 it's just made. Um, mm-hmm. then, conjecture, conjecture. It, yeah. And to me, the, the biggest- Speculation. Uh, absolutely. The biggest academic crime for me is that the works of uh, Carl Evans of Zach condo not Carl Evans I'm sorry of Zach Condo of Peter Goldman uh, of Bill Sales and several others is folded into the work of Marables clearly borrowed from these people's work and yet is is dismissed on page 490 of Marable's book of uh, as as being books all written in the 90s that were more or less useless and needing to be, discarded if not updated uh so there's no explanation for this claim uh and there's no explanation for this claim specifically given in light of the fact that those d- books provided marable with almost everything he has in his own book because uh there's there's uh almost nothing new provided substantively in marable's book uh, that readers of all these others wouldn't have already known um uh, it, so it's, it's, it's a way of trying to supplant not only the autobiography, but all other works as the definitive masterpiece, as the book is called, specifically, I argue, because those other books point to much more of the political context, particularly Zach Kondo's, uh, but Sales as well, uh, that, that Malcolm was actually uh, dealing with and that, that Marable doesn't. So specifically, the anti-imperialism, anti-capitalism, pan-Africanism, nationalism, all of those ideas are, are again uh, uh, you know, de emphasized in Maribel's work. And then, of course, the role of the police and the FBI, the state in, in, in Malcolm's assassination is almost entirely removed uh, in favor of the more preferred, simple, and historically inaccurate uh, narrative that this was just uh, Malcolm's death was just the result of, uh, of an internecine gangster beef within the Nation of Islam. Uh, which, of yeah. course, is the narrative you would want or have to have if you want uh, an affluent white audience to um, uh, buy the book. By the way, this is in media, uh, it, 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 at least in my work and I think several others and many, not not maybe enough, but but is, is part of a media analysis, by the way, which is uh, how uh, commercial media, broadly speaking, work in this country, that the target audience, regardless of the people's color on the screen is white affluent, uh, uh, mostly uh, middle to upper middle class uh, consumers. That is who is meant to, to, to be served regardless of the nominal black or brown content of the media. So in terms of academic or popular academic writing such as this, that would certainly uh, still be the case.
0: Yeah, I mean th- those are, are very very important uh, issues you raise, and there's a lot of stuff I want to uh, touch on. You know what? Um, and you know, the the constant speculation and and interjection and um, commentary, which is unsubstantiated, you know. D- That pushes Marable's narrative in a certain direction, you know, which, which softens Malcolm X, as you say, you know, so that he could be palatable for, you know, to be a New York Times bestseller. And then it becomes part of the American pantheon. And and, and Malcolm X becomes a civil rights leader now instead of a black nationalist wanting a separate state. Right. I mean, it's like you're not allowed to say that because it sounds crazy or whatever, but, but that, that is, you know, his, that was part of his, uh, he, he wasn't just speaking about, you know, black pride, you know, uh, just for black pride's sake, right. There was a, a there, there was the black nationalist object, objective, which is erased from discussions of of Malcolm X that, that all he was was about being, you know, proud of, of how you look or your history. It, it was,
1: there was a conclusion to that. Or when to engage I, in violence or, you know, some sort you know, of abstract yeah. violence or terrorism, something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Now, um, and one thing I do want to touch on, which is very sensitive, I know in the United States and you touched on it, but, but it, it now uh, what I, what, one thing I, I like to say is that we have freer speech here in the Caribbean than you do up in America, because we don't have the, uh, uh, we're freer to say certain things that are not allowed to, to be said in, in the United States, and I want to touch on, on the the aspect of, of homosexuality and and the accusations of it. And I say it accusations um, purposely, right? And and people say, oh, well, that's homophobia and whatnot. I, I there. The f- this focus on the homosexuality, I think, is extremely important. And and to 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 sidestep it because uh, out of fear of being, and I'm not saying you're scared uh, of it, but I'm just saying that a lot of people are, you know, uh, sidestepping it um, because they don't want to be called a homophobe and and whatnot. But the, the the point is that all right, if being Gay or if your sexuality doesn't matter, then why talk about it so much? If if it truly doesn't matter, if it's something that that he that Malcolm X did not talk about, so I mean I I thought there was this thing about not outing people if they didn't want to be outed, right? So that that, that that's one thing. But I I think you know the, the Dave Chappelle. Um, story is very important here when he left comedy central and he told oprah that every black man he saw in in every single black man you could think of in hollywood on tv had to wear a dress at some point every single black performer every single black man they put in a dress and they were trying to put him in a dress and he said you know what? Didn't Flip Wilson do this already? Didn't everybody else? Do, why? Why are you putting me? I I don't want. That's not funny. I don't. You know, it's been done before. And then you know he came into the uh, dressing room and they keep trying to bring it up over and over. Put him in the dress. Put him in a dress. He said, "No, you know, I that I I'm not going to do a skit in a dress. I, just, just, I don't think it's funny." And then one day he came into his his dressing room and and there was a dress there and he. Said, and so he asked, you know, what, what is this? Oh, well, you know, well, we, we thought this, this is going to be great. Don't worry. And, you know, that, that was one of the things that made him leave. You know, this is, it, it's like putting Malcolm in a dress now after he's dead. Right? It, it, the, the, and I don't think it comes from a place of empathy. Right? Well, what this is, is people hijacking Malcolm X for their own agenda. It's not respecting Malcolm X's mission it's not respect because this idea of Malcolm X being the shining black prince, um, which is such a powerful and important, you know, uh, statement about, about, you know, Malcolm X was not only, uh, about black people, but about being a black man. And that's important. Right. Um, and, and, um, to, to, to emphasize the homosexual aspect is no matter what you say, it is attacking that directly. I I really and I don't think it's homophobic to say that at all. I, I don't know uh, if you agree if you want to touch that subject at all, but but i I,
1: I do think it's important. No, I don't have a problem dealing with the subject. my my issue is would be um, so there's a couple things happening here that I think you are you are right to point out. One is that, uh, from at least from my point of view, I don't have necessarily a problem. I, I don't have a problem with homosexuality. I I don't mm. have a problem with it existing in the world. I don't have a problem with it seeing yeah. it as, as a natural part of human existence. Yeah. I also don't even have a problem with people talking about whether, you know, all of this the social political construction of all of these sexual identities and behaviors and all of that. I don't have a problem with any of that. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, uh, I also do recognize, to your point, that in the in the current socially constructed uh, 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 version of of man and womanhood, Malcolm had been become a particular, as Ossie Davis said in that statement, a particular a, a perfect exemplar of what for many of us would be the 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 uh, standard for manhood and black manhood. Mm-hmm. uh and with, with there is a masculinist pride associated with all of that i get all of that and i also would uh, have no problem discussing that as equally part of a socially constructed reality mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah I, in that context i also recognize i have no problem dealing with or 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 engaging what i would see as the very real concern of there being a political agenda given this socially constructed re- reality of of man and womanhood. Uh, Within also a context of white supremacist, capitalist, colonial, you know, policy that white uh, owners and and controllers of media would prefer that the depiction of black manhood that uh, does inspire fear in them be depicted as softer, more effeminate Mm -hmm. and, and, and to your point, put in a dress. Yeah. Uh, i do think that there would be you know so so there it, on the one hand it would be i think to the point i think you were trying to make earlier i think it is perfectly possible to be both uh sort of uh uh a pro uh you know sexual freedom or whatever and recognize the political nature of depicting Black men in this in this specific example as, as mm-hmm. feminine or or or, or women, uh, and so my point in that directly as it relates specifically to this is as I said, if Malcolm, if it had been known, proven, or stated by himself that Malcolm was gay, that for me in particular. Would uh, I couldn't say would have obviously would have to have some impact on 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 how I interacted with him uh, uh, as a symbol, but it would not mm-hmm. in any way diminish him as a hero or a, 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 a political figure of, of 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 value and importance to me. That's right.
0: Because look at James Baldwin,
1: right? I mean, come on, J- James Baldwin's openly gay, but but man, he's you know. But what would have he, had he also a strong black man as well, you know. But what would have had me supporting Baldwin would have been his political positions, not absolutely not his private sexual. Uh, That's right, or his public performance of that sexuality. I don't, I don't. Correct one way or another. Yes, I look. I admit, as particularly as a young boy, I I looked up to John Amos as the father on Good Times as yeah. the ideal, and and I do notice that today, and I talk about it even some in my own. And, and, work. I do notice today that there that, that, that it is it is hard to find black male uh, depictions in that uh, of that kind in commercial media. I don't see too many James Evans in, in commercial media anymore. Uh, But but Mm I but but I can also uh, uh, be accepting and welcoming of other performances of maleness or manhood or sexuality. But then I can also recognize the political nature of that as well. So so, and in terms of this this issue with Malcolm, the the, it is is obviously since Bruce Perry's book in 92, it is it is in in before that in in other circles, it has been uh, speculated, debated, argued about Malcolm's sexuality uh, with, with e- an equal absence of evidence that he was mm-hmm. at any, at any point in his life, a homosexual. Um, yeah. but it is, it, it is something that has, uh, been used to attack the, uh, I guess was, would be described today heteronormative behaviors in black communities to, uh, uh, uh to try to devalue malcolm again in this socially constructed reality where in yeah. some spaces homosexuality is seen as anti uh human humane and anti-man uh manhood it has been used the claims of his sexuality have in fact been used yeah to try to sever his importance uh uh to black men in particular in this country and to devalue him among black people uh so it, it, there's there, again there are a number of different things happening here. And what I try to stick to in terms of the public discussion of this work is, is that whatever side on, on this issue, you fall, the objective reality is there's no evidence for the claim. Marable offers none. In fact, what Marable's book does is it, it is so anti-academic, anti-journalistic, anti-logic yeah. that, that it, 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 it it is it is itself meant, I think, only to muddy the discussion in the debate and to sell books and to, again, make white audiences feel better. Because, yes, I do argue and believe that uh, mainstream liberal affluent white audiences that are not welcoming of black radical politics and certainly are uncomfortable by um, uh, heteronormative displays of black manhood would prefer to think that this figure that still inspires fear among them could be, in their own minds' eyes, diminished by having uh, these accusations of himself having been gay, or at least having cheated on Betty, or or so on and so on and so forth. Uh, uh, that is why I'm arguing, it, it is how I would at least argue the, the the politically constructed nature of this discussion is being carried out. But no, but but to your point, look, I get it. Uh, um, th- there, there, absolutely are uh, differing opinions and views, and I do absolutely think there is an attempt constantly to attack uh, again the, the heteronormative black male uh, 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 definition or, or performance of manhood, um, not because of co- it's quote unquote toxic, but because I think it quote it, it inspires fear. Mm -hmm. Uh, of the coming rebellion that those in power um, should always be afraid of.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, I mean, and, and as you, uh, you know, as you, you know, um, suggested, I mean, it it is, it is a a prurient interest, right? Because it, it, because whether, whether Malcolm X did those things or not, it it does not affect anything afterward. It, It is pure, you know, scandal and prurience based on nothing. Um, and it is certainly not based on empathy,
1: right? so Because it, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but can I read? Yeah. I think sure. with Greg Thomas, the way Greg Thomas in our book introduces his his yeah, chapter, uh, yeah. I, I think <laughs> he it's so, does it great. Yeah. I mean, really, you can do it, it. read it. Yeah. He he starts out, He says he says, "What kind of sex did Manning like? If he actually had sex at all, was he into oral, vaginal, anal, all or all of it? Did he do it in couples, groups? Did he use condoms, like it raw, like old dirty bastard? Before he died, had he ever turned a trick or have sex for profit, whether he liked it or not? Honestly, how many penises apart from his alleged own, assuming he has one, of course, did this sex of marables involve over time from his pubescent adolescence to his waning years? And what was up with his move from one wife or marriage to another as he moved from one college or university to another in the upward mobility of his academic career? Did he take advantage of, the, of New York City's virtually endless sexual landscape, whether in the dark, in, whether in the dark or in the light of day, or just a, a few students in the classically Greco-Roman crosshairs of Western pedagogy and pedestry, pederasty rather? Yeah, yeah. How kinky did the sex get from Marable? Did he like the toys, role play, domination or submission? How about fisting? Did he he put it on video? Did he like to watch? Or even uh, if, even if, ah, it's not scrolling, even if others would (laughs) not care to see it, or even if not, or even if no one cared to hear any of the answers to any of these questions at all. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's right I mean and then he goes that's on. To, a, written, yeah. Thomas does this question of should we even be asking this is it even relevant and exactly. what would people's re- re- reactions be if this was the line of inquiry uh, of someone of a well established and accepted yeah. scholar like Manning Marable I mean exactly
0: this- well, 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 what if that constituted your book review
1: <laughs> you know what I mean exactly. that's exactly what it you
0: know, and it's and it's and then it's based on and then to go into it and it's based on nothing well I think he might have liked fisting, you know what I mean? So like, what? It's it, it's it's ridiculous. It's stupid. It it makes it. So it my argument
1: the only thing I would add to the argument here is that if if Greg Thomas had reworded this as an accusation or a statement of Manning Marable's sexual uh, as a f- statement of fact about Manning Marable's uh, 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 behavior, sexual behavior. It would have the same, the exact same amount of uh, substance of uh, evidence, evidence in support right. for the claim that's right. that Malcolm is, is a homosexual. So that that's that's that would be my additional point to make about yeah, it. yeah, yeah, and
0: and you know the the other thing too is 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 that by going down that that route, you know, I mean it's it's, it's brilliant the the way when you when he turns it on uh, when Greg t- turns it on. Um, uh, Manning Marable, it how, how absurd it, it, it is revealed to be, you know, and, but, but
1: it's more than absurd. It. Like it's, uh, yes, it makes me exactly. uncomfortable to read it. Exactly. Why would, why would anybody be asking about this? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. And, and,
0: and not only is it, is it, um, irrelevant and uncomfortable and absurd, absolutely absurd and, and prurient and even morally questionable as to why you would be delving into that stuff. Um. It, it, it again. It, it gets to the heart of of really what Malcolm stood for, who he was, because because also in very much tied with the integrity we talked about earlier is his moral uprightness, his discipline of self, or eating one meal a day, um, you know, uh, being faithful, um, you know. So these things are are it's not. It's not just a flippant observation oh i wonder if he cheated on betty you know it's not no this is this is not just a uh uh you know what if Th- this attacks the very heart of the the man of of who he claimed to be and and how he inspired millions of others you know and, and so if if you want to
1: attack that sure you can but you know Because if you (laughs) because see this is this is ultimately my point. If you attack the man for the reasons he was attacked and assassinated in real life, then you would have to acknowledge the process that involves. And you would have to acknowledge, for instance, the role of the state. You would have to acknowledge the role of media. You would have to acknowledge the role of the police and the military. You would have to acknowledge the role of a capitalist economy. You would have to acknowledge the role of a colonial uh, uh, and, and, and uh, uh, an imperial empire that the United States uh, uh, is and was uh, defined as such by Malcolm in his life. You would have to. You would have to consider the 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 never-ending wars this country is engaged in, and the amounts mm-hmm. of money and resources put to those wars and to suppressing people here and abroad. I mean that's why it is it is these salacious claims are brought up at all. That's why that's right. uh, so much effort has been put to posthumously rebranding Malcolm for the last 50 years. I mean this is what has this this it didn't start with Marable, but it certainly uh, has been uh, um, it, it, you know uh, in, uh, propelled that process by, by the work of Marable. And which has itself produced the basis for the most recent Netflix series about Malcolm, yeah, which is equally empty of uh, substance, and which based itself on Marable's book, and which actually uh, on screen takes a shot at our book in a scene where you right. see him going to the bookstore uh, uh, that I used to frequent all the time that, that Marable and Marable supporters never enter, but yet his book, (laughs) his book was there and next to ours. And yet it was theirs, his that was selected to, to make the point that ours was, was not to be, uh, uh, selected. But, but the real point of all of that is, is that you want to, the the goal is to extend the attack on anti-imperialism, Pan-Africanism, Black nationalism, socialism, at a time when the, uh, the again, the community uh, from which Malcolm came most immediately here in the United States is materially worse off today than in his own life, when wars that he was speaking out against are, uh, uh, have uh, continued endlessly, including 20 years for this last one, this most current and recent one. Uh, the, the The police violence that Malcolm spoke out against is obviously increasing here in the united states as he pointed out the police do locally with the military do internationally so again that's why we see this this constant uh police violence here and militarized uh, uh what is this, almost 800 bases of u.s militaries around the world uh this this is these are the issues that are meant to be attacked in today's moment uh that's as, true. and this is what caused malcolm to be a threat when he was alive, so to me, it doesn't it, it doesn't matter if every single thing he's accused of he did and more. I wouldn't care yeah. if Malcolm. The point would be Malcolm. If 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 the only sober moment that we saw him was when he's speaking on those YouTube videos. If the only moment he wasn't cheating on Betty or engaged in some sort of salacious sex act was those moments he's speaking on in YouTube. If in fact that was the case. It would still remain, it would still equally remain the case that he was assassinated for those ideas, not for what he's accused of doing. Uh, that's right. Even, yeah. even if he didn't leave a perfectly clean and moral life, that's right. He, even
0: if he was a hypocrite, that that's everything he said was
1: was he didn't believe. Anything he said, that's it like doesn't matter say, what he said. Yeah. When people say King plagiarized his his dissertation, he wasn't assassinated for that. He wasn't assassinated for the claims <laughs> that he cheated right. on, on on Coretta either. So so they, that's the only thing. So I don't know, I don't want to say I don't want to excuse any kind of contradictions or or quote unquote bad behavior but what I always want, to re- want us to stay focused on is that this was not what made him a threat. This is not what made him ins- an inspiration to us and, and a threat to those that would suppress us till, still.
0: Absolutely, and, and I think what, what you make very clear in that, and, and uh, I, I'm, I'm glad you did, is that, yeah, if Malcolm X was alive today, he would not be a pro-establishment figure. He would still be an anti-establishment figure because the problems have not been solved. Because what they want to say is that the problems have been solved, and therefore he would have joined the establishment. And I think that's that's that's. I believe, if I think about it, that's the central point of your book, isn't it? <laughs>
1: Absolutely, and and you know, to the to the even one of the points we were making earlier, there. You know, the world could his 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 presence today would mean that the world could not currently exist as it does, and that's why he was yeah. fascinated when he was. There could not yeah. have been a Jesse Jackson and a and a, and a and a and a whoever else, a Sharpton and a and an Obama and a and a Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. None of these figures would be possible. If Malcolm had not been assassinated, because none of them would rise to the standard that Malcolm had already set, and and, That's and right. we could at least speculate, likely would have maintained. Yeah. So, so because because if he if he could land base King and Adam Clayton Powell in
0: his lifetime. The, these guys that you just mentioned would have gotten it hard
1: for Malcolm. <laughs> well, just imagine, I mean, 50 more years or so of of Malcolm X's analysis being in the mix, if not entirely followed, just in the regular mix of black politics. You know, people have to, you know, we just saw Bill Clinton disparage Kwame Ture at, at John Lewis's funeral a couple of months ago. We have to remember that John Lewis in his own memoirs wrote that while the head of SNCC in 1964 and traveling throughout the continent of Africa, he said every stop they went to where Malcolm had been, every African leader they met said, if you're anywhere to the right of Malcolm X, we don't even want to talk to you. So so yep. Malcolm had become the standard internationally for Black American politics and engagement. So, so it was already understood within Black circles then, and certainly by the state, that if they were going to take us in a different direction, people like Malcolm would have to be dealt with and gotten rid of. So, And not just physically, but posthumously in terms of their image, they would have to constantly be assaulted and rebranded so that we would never pick them up and look to engage the work in our lives that they were killed for in theirs. So that's, that's why, right. we, that's why Maribel's book and I'm arguing Joseph's and others about these other figures remain so important to the state because into the establishment because they are constant reminders that, that, uh, um, uh, this is the preferred trajectory for Black people if we can get them away from the actual uh, politics and lived experiences and, and statements and stated goals of people like Malcolm and Kwame Ture. All
0: right now, I, I've kept you a long time. I know you have to go. We, could, I could talk to you for hours about this, but uh, so that uh, I, but I know we have to wrap up. So that, let me let me ask you in a couple of closing things. One, just quickly, is. So at the end of all this, uh, what about Malcolm X and his struggle do you think is important for people to remember today and to take more seriously?
1: Well, I think the, the commitment to all of those uh, various ideas with which he was struggling is yeah. something I would want it to leave us with. That it doesn't, to me, matter where we all come down on our feelings of any of these isms. It's that we grapple with them. And incorporate them in our in our work and in our world today as he did because as i said there is not one material indicator uh, of the condition of black people in this country that that would suggest that we have improved since malcolm's assassination or that he would have accepted as as improvement given this is the man that said uh, someone that plunges a knife nine inches in your back and pulls it out six is not to be thanked uh you, you know so so As the material conditions of black people in this country and around the world continue to diminish, and that of all people, in fact, as wealth inequality increases among all people around the world, every ism from uh, armed self-defense, guerrilla warfare, socialism, pan-Africanism, nationalism, communism, internationalism, anti-capitalism, anti-imperialism, anti-colonialism, all of these isms and ideas need to be incorporated into the work with, uh, that that uh, any of us would be engaged in if we are serious about making positive change, including his radical approach to electoral politics, which is not adequately or accurately represented in these popular academic uh, uh, or, or media presentations of him.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I know this book was published, you know, in twenty twelve, so that's eight years ago, right? and you're very active. So uh, can you just tell us about any projects that you're working on, if, if there's anything you'd like the audience to know about, and um, also where listeners can
1: uh, you know, find your work, you know, your website, et cetera? Uh, as an honorific to the late, great Steve Biko, who used to perform emancipatory journalism under the uh, pseudonym Frank Talk and the title, I Write What I Like. People can find uh, the work I'm involved in, which is in multimedia uh, uh, and historically involving the hip hop mixtape at imixwhatilike.org or at imixwhatilike for all your relevant social media. And that's where they could also find a lot of the work that I and my colleagues and comrades are engaged in. I do have a new book that is freely available in its digital form. Uh, that deals with some of these issues uh, in terms of media and economics and black radical politics uh, titled the Myth, and pa- the Myth and Propaganda of Black Buying Power. So I would encourage people to check that out. But I'm also engaged in a lot of media work, uh, interviewing and journalism and all the kinds of things with a lot of great people that they, that they can all, again, see uh, freely at imixwhatilike.org.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you so much for this interview. It's really been informative and enjoyable. A real pleasure.
1: Likewise, anytime. Thank you very much.
0: So once again, the book is A Lie of Reinvention, Correcting Manning Marable's Malcolm X. And we've been speaking to one of its editors, Jared Ball. And thanks also to you, our listeners. Make sure you sign up for our notifications so you don't miss any new interviews on this channel in future. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.